we've got a new sponsor. Yes, www.badfishmerch.com, where listeners can get 10% off with our promo code ThemePark at checkout. Tell me more. They can do any slogan or picture using all sorts of vinyls, including rainbow, leather effect, glow in the dark, and even reflective. I'd quite like to see myself reflected in someone else's slogan that they were wearing. Creepy. But you too can be creepy at www.badfishmerch.com using promo code ThemePark. What slogan sums up this show? Chaos ensues. Lovely. Roll the titles. Hello, thank you for choosing to listen to Theme Park Films Podcast. We are Carla and Holly, two friends from England, who will ride the movies, watch the film and give you our thoughts. You can find us on at Theme Park Films on Twitter. Oh, and just one more thing. If you are driving whilst listening to this podcast, please keep your arms inside the vehicle for the duration of the show. Thank you. And welcome to Theme Park Films. I'm Carla, as everyone joined by Holly. Hello. And this week we have a very, very, very special guest with us. We have got Walt Disney. Oh no, no. <laughs> we haven't defrosted him. We have got even better than that, Holly's sister, Emma. Hello. Now, as you can tell, they sound identical. So if you're confused, I will be too. They are <laughs> identical twins, so they look identical, they sound identical. What can you do? We have to introduce ourselves every time we talk. Or maybe we should get a buzzer each. I think it would have been polite if Emma had changed her accent, to be honest, Holly, just for the purpose of this show. I put some, some effort in. Could you do that? I don't think so. Oh. <laughs> Right, so this week we are talking about Despicable Me, which was released on the 27th of June 2010 in the USA and the 15th of October 2010 in the UK. But as ever, before we get onto that, we're just going to talk briefly about the ride. So we'll do Orlando, as we always do. And it's called Despicable Me Minion Mayhem. It opened on the 9th of June 2012 which replaced Jimmy Neutron's Nickton Blast. Yeah. And before that, the one that I remember, The Fantastic World of Hanna-Barbera, which was which was great. Don't you think, though, it's quite good for Universal? Like, to be honest, quite quick for them. Quick turnaround, isn't it? Yeah. To turn that round in two years. I think they knew they made a mistake with Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> no, they didn't make a mistake with Jimmy Neutron because Jimmy Neutron always had a long queue. It actually sounds like you're just arguing with yourself right now, Holly. <laughs> I don't really have a twin sister, it's just me. <laughs> it's just your split personality coming out. <laughs> yeah. I had to explain it somehow. 
No, I didn't. I, well, Jimmy Neutron, I, I'm with Emma. What a ridiculous thing to put in there. Who the hell's ever heard of Jimmy Neutron? Agreed. Yeah, I'm not saying. I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying they didn't. If out of all of the rides, I wouldn't have necessarily felt I needed to replace that first. I would. Over Men in Black. <laughs> well, anything goes that should replace <laughs> Men in Black. Literally any ride you can think of. <laughs> toilets, actually. Toilets for two. If they announced toilets were going where Man in Black was, I'd be thankful for it because sometimes when you're walking from Harry Potter to The Simpsons, yeah, you know, you see the lake, you see the water, you think, oh, could go yeah. now. And actually, you think going round there, that's not that far, but it is. It's a hot walk, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> Maybe some toilets in a new Starbucks. Oh, yes. You'd like that. You could sit and look out over the lake. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, Universal Studios is quite lacking in Starbucks because, you know, they've got that one that's kind of halfway round, but there's not that many in there. Outside Harry Potter. Well, yeah, kind of near um, where Earthquake used to be. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and also, the last time I went there, the queue, I nearly just said, don't bother, and just walked out. The queue is ridiculous. And they've got about... Two tables outside. Not good enough. <laughs> but I did used to like this when it was the Hanna-Barbera ride. That was really good. The what ride? I think I know it's the Flintstones ride, but what's the official name? Hanna-Barbera. That's the what they're the people that made the Flintstones. Oh right. <laughs> Sorry. So it wasn't just the Flintstones in it, it was uh like um no. Yogi Bear, oh, the Jetsons. Yes, I do remember that. Is just been the same ride every time, hasn't it? Yeah, they just change yeah. the film. Also, they do change it a bit. Like, well, I'm sure on Jimmy Neutron, the seats sort of danced a bit. Mm. Well, they danced, they danced a bit now, don't they? Yeah, they do. They're just the same. But to that song, you know what I mean, Emma. What, the, oh, the Jimmy Neutron song. Everyone <laughs> knows that. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not going to sing it. No, don't. Okay. Okay. So the the queue for this is always ridiculous, as we discuss. I should say average 75 minutes, isn't it? That's an all right day. Should we look it up now? I think the thing is, if it rains, people go there because it's a bit undercover. And then even if it's warm, people think they go there because it's got all of the fans. Yeah, and I I think it's also the first ride you see when you walk in and people just get excited, don't they? Yeah. So uh, at the moment, so what's the time there now? About one o'clock at the moment, it is a 70-minute wait. God, bang on, Emma, nearly. Yeah. Did you just check it? No, I I watch a couple of YouTube videos about, um, and every time they always say it's around a 75-minute wait. Well, Men in Black is only 15 minutes. Who's queuing for that? Will Smith there again. What's he like? (laughs) Can I just jump in and just say I have major issues with the ride? I think one of my, I would have a massive issue with the ride, and I think one of them will be the same. No, I'm I was going to say, I think it's going to be the same as yours. I'll see if it is. This is why it takes so long to edit, Emma, because she just plunges on in. She doesn't care. Who's still thinking. <laughs> I know. It's outrageous. <laughs> I know. Go on, Emma. I'd say my major issues are it's the two rooms that you have to go in beforehand. They give me anxiety. 
<laughs> yeah. You've spent that time queuing. You've got to the door. You know, you think you're going to make it through. You don't. They shut the door. So you're first in line to get through mm. the room. And then you go into the room and you're, you're last yeah. place again. Then you have to go through a, another room to watch another video where you queue up to go into your seat. But the think the seats only sit four. So if you've got four people, uh, three people and then you you're not actually sat next to the person you're with oh. some random strangers being pushed into you and I don't like that that and also that room before you go into the main room they do that stupid thing where they go you know that someone's talking and then they go oh look at her or look at them and it points at someone in, in and it pointed at me <laughs> did you <laughs> Yes, and then there are people like everyone's like, <laughs> and I just thought, I just, you know, I can't, I can't deal with it. But the actual ride is fine. It's that yeah, nonsense. Agreed. I enjoy the ride. Mm. Well, I think they do it to keep the queue down, don't they? I don't know that it's working. No, it's rubbish. I totally agree. You go in the the queue, and then you go into like a living room area, yeah. as you said. And normally after the first room, in any other ride, you'd go straight into the ride. But no, you just get ushered into like a laboratory or something. Yeah. Which probably increased Emma's anxiety. She was like, what are they going to do to me now? Exactly. And then to be then to go through and be counting the people in front thinking, am I going to be sat with another family or not? That, again, it increases it. I've never really thought about that. Well, I do because I've sat there on my own. <laughs> but Emma, then you, that's more for you that you did that because most other people would go, no, I'm not. I'm with this person and I'm going to be with them. No, you have to, they keep, they say get all the way to the end. You have to just keep going. <laughs> yeah, but who listens to that? I do. I follow the rules. Yeah, well, then again, that's on you. <laughs> But there'd be some random person floating around not having a seat. The ride would stop. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> That's on them. Let them deal with that. You shouldn't feel like you have to have a bad experience. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do and I did. <laughs> and actually, I've just, you know, instead of these stupid rooms they're going into, couldn't they just build another one and do two? Two lots of the main ride? Yeah. Oh, Yeah. And then, actually, you even come out at the end, don't you? And then there's oh like another God. room. You, out and you have to go into a disco. Awful. Did you meet a minion there? Yes, and they tried to get me to dance. I was having none of it. I went along with it. Oh, holy. That was Emma. Oh, that Emma, Emma. Sorry, sorry. I didn't. I was going to say, I really am shocked at that. <laughs> But no, obviously it was Emma, because Emma was by herself after her whole family had deserted her, and all she had was a minion. That's terrible. No, I just I just pulled my hand away and said no. no. Emma, when we were there once and there was a minion outside, why did one of them have a banana in his pocket? Hello. Yeah, but that's what they eat, isn't it? Are you sure it was a banana? But wait, it touched one of our friends inappropriately. Oh my god. The banana. I'm not sure we can keep this in. Outrageous. Yeah, making harassment. Yeah, against a minion. Just willy nilly. No, no pun intended. I've just I just went onto the Universal Studios website just to have a look and people can you can write reviews on the ride. Oh. 
so I just had it I just thought I'd have a quick look okay someone said I'm married to a minion fanatic was that your husband Emma <laughs> is that Matt after you go through that minion it, it is this is this is why I wanted to come on today was to announce that <laughs> <laughs> Right, shall we attempt to go onto the film? Yes. Now, I, I got a confession. I thought I'd seen this film. And then when I was watching it, I realised I don't think I've ever sat and watched it properly all the way through. Really? Yeah. Because, well, unless I've it, forgotten it really badly, I I didn't remember quite a lot of it. And I think I must have watched, like, bits of other ones and stuff when it's on over Christmas. Oh. Um, when was the first time you two saw it? I think probably around when it came out, I really enjoy what I'd say is a children's animated film. So Mm -hmm. I'll have watched it as soon as it came out and then maybe seven or eight times since. Well, you know, it seems to me that I've picked the wrong person to do a podcast with because you you like children's (laughs) films. And, you know, we do do quite a lot of those. And it seems that you wouldn't have them puff if I asked you to watch one. I certainly wouldn't. I'd have already watched it. I'd like to add, I'm not a Despicable Me super fan, though. Okay. And I actually found watching it again, I guess in the fresh light of day, maybe it isn't the all-round film I thought. I think I prefer some of the sequels now, if I'm allowed to say that. Well, that is a hardcore fan that prefers a sequel. (laughs) So it starts off with a group of tourists at the Pyramid. Um, we get a child that inadvertently bursts a pyramid, so it's obvious that it is a fake one, and the real pyramid has been stolen and replaced with an inflatable. It then cuts to Gru, who you think is going to comfort this child that's crying, but he doesn't. He makes a balloon and then he pops it in his face. Yeah, funny. <laughs> He then uses a freeze gun to get to the front of a coffee shop line. He does tip, though. That's true. He does. He does tip. Yeah, he tips. And I would like that, in, especially in Universal, as we just talked about. The cues are horrendous. He did smile at her as well. Yeah. It was nice, I thought. It was reasonable to give a tip. I never tip in a coffee shop. No. He is American, though. You know, you get a coffee and then these days it comes up and it says, do you want to tip $1, $2 or $3? Why would I tip $3 on my $3 coffee? If people want to go to the end of our Shrek episode, you can hear Holly talk about the time when she tipped a dollar at an airport for a coffee. Because you didn't know what to do, did you? You didn't know whether... I did it this time. I did it when I was in New York. You've done it again. Didn't learn, Holly. No, because I just can't be bothered to think about when it says other amount. Well, other amount zero. Yeah, I was going to say. I don't know. They're just so judgy, aren't they? So we're then back at his house, and there's kids knocking on the door trying to sell cookies, and he ignores them. For that, he speaks to the neighbour, and the neighbour says he says basically something like, "Look, your dog's been." doing stuff on my front lawn and the neighbour goes well you know dogs will be dogs and I just thought how rude I totally agree you 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 pick up your dog poo that's kind of what you do when you have a dog you don't let them poo on other people's property yeah and certainly not because you know I'd imagine he has a bit of a reputation of being me probably wouldn't annoy him 
Well, that's what I didn't understand. Does the neighbour know he's the he's a villain? But even if he doesn't, like, you know, when he goes around bashing into people's cars, yeah. I mean, it would get around. Back to the kids selling cookies and, uh, yeah, he's he's ignoring them. We don't do that here, do we? We're either you in, like, girl guides. Brownies. Yeah. Brownies. No, but they still do it over there now, don't they? They do. I saw some. Did you? I saw, yeah, I saw some Girl Scouts in West Village. Oh, did you buy any? No. Didn't have any cash on me. They oh. didn't accept Amex. <laughs> but they're not in, um, they weren't in a group. So where's Miss Hattie buying the biscuits from? That's my question. We never know people's names, Emma. Yeah, it's, it's a receptionist. You just have to say, yeah. <laughs> I'm presuming that's who you meant. That's the only woman in it, isn't it? <laughs> I didn't really get the purpose of what they were trying. I mean, I know they were trying to sell these biscuits and mm. they were knocked on the door, but just the whole thing, the, the age, I don't know, the age range of them selling it, the fact that the, this lady that's, a, they're in this home that she's sending them out. I know she's not very nice, but where, you know, they're just, I, to be honest, I thought, where are the biscuits coming from? That was it. Do you think that's why we don't sell them in this country? Because we call them biscuits. It just wouldn't work, would it? Like a cookie sounds so much more appealing. Yeah, would you like a ginger nut or a Gary <laughs> Baldy? <laughs> it's not, it's not, we, we can't pull it off. No. So Groot is not happy that all the villains are lame now, apparently, as the one that stole the pyramid is considered the best villain. Yeah. We then cut and see that there's minions living under his house. And they seem to love Gru and cheer him and all this. But he pays them because he's he mentioned a few times about paying the minions. So I just didn't know if they if they really did like him or whether that's just their employer. Aren't they just simple? Yeah, I think they do like <laughs> him. If I was Gru, I wouldn't pay them. <laughs> just keep them hostage. Oh, no, because, you know, they're getting a nice... They obviously get somewhere to live. I would imagine he feeds them. I just You don't know that, and you don't know where they sleep. Yeah, I'm kind of with Holly on this one. I don't think... I'm not sure I would pay them. I think I think this came from an inspiration of Willy Wonka, and I think these are the equivalent of Oompa Loompas, and he didn't pay them. I agree. I'd like to know where they came from. Well, where did they come from? Because you don't see them walking around. So they're obviously like a different species. Does he not make them? Oh, why would you make something and then pay them? Yeah, that's even crazier. <laughs> I don't know. I just can't remember if it like clears up in the later film. Oh, maybe. Well, there is um, didn't the Minion film, which I think is what I'm mixing up with this film, didn't they explain? Wasn't they like a prequel? Yeah, because then the minions went to London, didn't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. I can't remember, though, if it said anything about them. He does, like, a presentation in front of the minions and shows all the things that he's stolen, which are obviously quite small. Yeah. But it's quite funny when he says about the Eiffel. He says, like, oh, I've got the Statue of Liberty, and then he's like, the one from Vegas. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's some quite funny lines in it. It's quite witty. So he says, with the help of a shrink ray, they are going to steal the moon to get one up on the big villain. 
The cookie-selling kids are back at the orphanage with the meme receptionist. Who was called what, um, Emma? Miss Hattie. Well done. Can I just ask what everyone's first opinion was on the three children? I couldn't stand the older one and I couldn't stand her throughout the entire thing. I think she was awful. I actually think the middle one offended me the most. I agree. Edith. Mm, that horrible... Like, she couldn't even be bothered to take the hat off when she did ballet. <laughs> I like the youngest. We can all agree the youngest was all right, yeah? Yeah, I really like Agnes. But none of them look similar. No, are they supposed to be sisters? Yeah. We don't know that, though, Holly. <laughs> I'm sure they are meant to be sisters, aren't they? I don't know. I don't know if they've just all bonded together. Maybe all their fathers are different or something. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Modern. <laughs> the, the the youngest, like Boo from um, Monsters, Inc., is obviously based on that. But better version. <gasps> I think she's better than Boo. Okay, well, maybe we can pop a poll up online. An Insta poll. Yeah, we'll do that. We then cut back to Gru and his mum is mocking him for not being the best villain. Mm. And he goes into the bank of evil and pitches to get money. Doesn't get it, basically, for the shrink ray. Isn't that where we first see Vector, though? That's right. He's in the waiting room, isn't he? Yeah. We cut to the shrink ray machine and a minion steals it from Vector, mm. but Vector steals it back. I realise that if I had short hair, I would look like Vector. <laughs> which really alarmed me. Carl, I wrote that down here. I need to agree. I'm joking. I Was it like looking in a mirror? I did, I did write down Vector is creepy and disgusting. Well, that's even better. I didn't think it looked anything like he looked anything like you. If I went with my natural hair colour, because I dye it, I think I would be dangerously close to him. So I'm obviously doing the right thing. <laughs> right. So uh, we're then back at the orphanage and the kids are praying to be adopted. And then back again to Vector's HQ and we see various skits of Gru trying to get in. I suppose it's funny. If you were trying to get in, why wouldn't you go at night time? I just thought his attempts were so appalling. Like him dressed as a Jamaican. That, and then, yeah, like <laughs> with the fake dog. Then there was just everything. All of his attempts were just, I just thought, mm. no wonder your mother's not impressed. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Good point. So we then see that the orphans do manage to get in when they sell cookies. And this gives Gru the idea to disguise himself as a dentist who wants to adopt them. <laughs> it feels extreme to me. <laughs> he could have just asked them to go in. He didn't literally need to adopt them. That was my thought. He could have just like given them a couple of dollars and said... Yeah. You know, get me in. But instead, he has to go through the lengths of going through an adoption process. Yeah, I mean, he's stuck yeah. with them now for, like, you know, minimum of till they're 18. Probably 21 in America. The adoption process, it it felt pretty easy to me. Mm. It was almost as if it wasn't realistic. <laughs> exactly. So he takes them back to his house. And I got really excited. Could you see an actual Iron Maiden 
which is the thing that the kid walks into, like the torture device. Oh, is that what it is? And then when actually it was Edith that went, so it went, she went into the Iron Maiden. Yeah. When her juice box burst and it looked like there was blood coming out, there just didn't seem to be any panic from the mm. sisters either. Maybe she was their least favourite as well as Holly's. I think it must have been. Yeah. There was no panic whatsoever. It was just like, oh, what's she done? Going to get herself killed. They just sort of accepted it, hugged each other, and then that would that was it, really. You know, goodbye, Edith. Mm. So we see, obviously, the house is ill-suited for kids. And this was quite funny where he had, like, a pee pad and poo pad for them and stuff like that. Musing, wasn't it? <laughs> the kids end up accidentally getting down to the minions and Gru fobs them off by saying he's a spy. Then the little one, the one that you like, she has a fit because the unicorn toy gets destroyed or something and the minions are then sent out to go and replace it. I found that bit funny when they went out dressed up as a family. Did anyone else? Yeah. I actually missed that bit because I was in the kitchen. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) They dressed up, they had like a wig on, like the woman... I just, it, I just thought it was quite funny. It was all right, yeah. Oh, and then that's why at the end of the film, two of them are still dressed up. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, why are they dressed like that? <laughs> I do feel like I completely understand the minions. Does everybody else? No. Okay. <laughs> when my nephew was here like a few it must have been a few years ago he was much like a lot younger he used to love minions and he had a minion top and emma's husband matt came over and said something to him and was like oh like can you speak minion and then he literally started speaking it and then matt was like oh he actually can <laughs> Everyone is going to think that Matt's a minion fanatic, aren't they? He has come up quite a few times in the conversation of minions. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so he then puts them to bed and the beds are made out of old bombs. I really like those beds. They were very cool, weren't they? I wonder if uh, they made them, like, for kids' beds after the film or do you think that would be inappropriate? (laughs) Maybe a little inappropriate. I don't know, because it's theming, isn't it? It's all from the film. Mm. Yeah, that's true. I think I really liked the idea of them being on the floor and then being kind of going up the wall. Did you two used to have bunk beds? No. No. Why do people have them? Save space, isn't it? Wasn't an issue in your house, was it? <laughs> no. <laughs> we had eight bedrooms to choose from. That <laughs> and what if you had to have a bunk bed which one would you want like the top or bottom the bottom because I for some I can't remember why this was but for some reason I stayed in a hotel that had a bunk bed in it what (laughs) really weird how old were you oh not an adult and you chose to do this (laughs) no surely you didn't know I didn't know no so I was um so there was like a normal bed I was sharing there was a normal bed and then a bunk bed so I presume it was like a family room right (sighs) 
And I thought, oh, it might be fun to sleep on the top because I've never done that before. And honestly, it's terrifying. Yeah. I woke up several times in like a cold sweat <laughs> thinking I was going to fall out. And, you know, after that night, I went on the bottom bunk. I couldn't handle the pressure of it. I think there's concerns wherever you are in a bunk bed. If you're on the top, you might fall out. If you're on the bottom, whoever's sleeping above might fall down. Talking of actually three bunk beds in a row, we did an overnight train from Poland to Germany in an overnight, like in a carriage, and there were three bunk beds in a, in a row. So a tiny carriage and there were six beds in there. Ooh. And I slept on the bottom bunk and I remember crying myself to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I was about 18. I, I honestly remember thinking how dire it was. I remember thinking you've hit a real low in your life here and vowed I would never do anything like that again. Yeah. And being woken up by a German passport controller about you know four in the morning when it's pitch black and just someone like shining a torch going passports and I remember I had a very nice cashmere jumper on and I just thought it's just the contradiction of it all (laughs) were you on the middle bunk Holly or the you did you have the other bottom bunk I think I might have been on the middle bunk actually I think you were middle Mm. and I didn't mind that because I had the window you just you just went to sleep listening to Emma sob <laughs> yeah. beneath you. <laughs> so by this time the minions arrive back from the supermarket and they bring the little girl their new unicorn, which is really just like a dishwasher with eyes. <laughs> is that isn't what it? it was? Yeah, and then she said she loved it. I didn't know what it was, but oh okay, yeah, that's good to know. That proves how sweet she is, that it was absolute rubbish, but she said she liked it. The orphans want to go to a dance class, and this is where the oldest, she's very mouthy, someone that's just been adopted by someone that is probably a bit psycho because he's got a torture device in his living room, and you're kind of mouthing off. I think it's risky. But I commend her for that as well. Do you? Yeah. I thought you liked rules. Well, I do, but I just, I think if he hadn't have taken me, I'd have made a stand and pretended to walk off in hope that he would have taken me. And he did. I don't think you would have done that. No, you're right. I wouldn't. You seem quite sensitive. You cry yourself to sleep. You dance with minions. You're willing to be separated from, you know, everything you know and love for the sake of politeness. And I just don't think you would do that. No, I wouldn't. I did wonder why, oh, he wanted them. That's why I was going to say, because otherwise the minions, some of the minions could have just taken them, but he he wanted them to go and do the, sell the cookies. He could have dressed the minions yeah. up as kids. Well, yeah, all he really had to do is get some cookies. I would have just gone and ordered a load of cookies and then dressed the minions up as Girl Scouts and got them to sell the cookies. Yeah. He does take him to the dance class and then afterwards he takes them to Vectors to deliver the cookies. He has cookie robots that Gru has planted. They get activated and they let Gru and the minions in, but they seal their exit before they can leave. So they're now stuck in Vector's house. And then we have like this comedic scene of their escape. <laughs> then they're back in the van, older ones mouthing off again. And they all want to go to a fairground 
and he kind of imagines that he can get rid of them at the fairground. He can pop them on a ride and off they go. So he agrees, but backfires because they can't get on the rides without him. Mm. Uh, I like the scene where he blows up the stall trying to get Toy Unicorn for the little girl. That ginger man was disgusting. Mm. Awful. I thought he behaved inappropriately. He should have been sacked. Yeah. He was so rude and disrespectful, and I was incredibly happy that Gru did what he did and basically blew the thing up. He was very mouthy. He was. He wasn't a very nice person at all. But it's so true what happens in that. I mean, have you two ever been in a fairground in your lives? or um, Maybe. <laughs> they they are quite like that. Oh, really? Not too far away. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would, if I was at a fairground here, I would talk back to anyone. I remember I went to a, a, a fairground on the estate I grew up on. Don't judge. <laughs> and I won a balloon. Balloon? Yeah, a balloon. It was the 80s. Right. It was supposed to make like a jingling noise when you, you know, rattled it or whatever. But when I did it, it just burst. And my dad looked and it was just a load of grit off the floor that they'd put in it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> They gave me, I won a balloon with like liquid dirt off the floor. (laughs) And you were covered in grit. I was covered in grit. I mean, I wasn't allowed to go to the fairground without my mum and dad because they always said, oh, they're dodgy people in there, can't they? You don't know. Mm. Looking back, they were right. Well, yeah, I mean, they were selling (laughs) balloons with grit in. Yeah. (laughs) Price. They all arrive back very happy and he shows the evil bloke that he has the shrink gun, but the geezer says he doesn't believe in him and doesn't give him the money. He tells the minions that they're doomed and they need to look for other jobs. So, yeah, you're right, he must pay them. What other employment options are there? For the minions, I think they could be bagpackers. Bagpackers? I was thinking more of like entertainment, but bagpackers could work. <laughs> yeah, I I'm not I'm not hundred percent sure, but the children didn't seem alarmed when they saw them. No, they didn't at all. But then maybe they wouldn't because you know they were just happy to be away from the thing. Hmm. They didn't seem alarmed by the dog either, and the dog was hardly normal looking. They could go out and pickpocket. Gru's trying to get all of this money being a villain by stealing the moon. He could just go and rob a bank. True. The orphans then give him their piggy bank, which prompts the minions to chip in, and they decide that they can build their own rocket after all. Yeah. Did you notice one of the minions had a nice gold watch? Oh, did he have like a Rolex on? It didn't look like it. <laughs> we then see a montage of him bonding with the kids, and we find out that Vector is actually the Bank of Evil's manager's son, and he reprimands him for letting the orphans steal the shrink ray. We haven't talked that actually the professor, there's a professor in this throughout and I've not really mentioned him. Dr. Lothario. Well done. I was going to say Russell Brand, but okay. Yeah. (laughs) He's horrible, isn't he? Yeah, terrible. So Gru wants to move the moon stealing so not to miss the dance recital and uh, Russell tells him that the kids are getting in the way of him thinking straight, etc., and the next thing, the receptionist comes by to take the girls back. 
seemed like I seemed to have missed this. Why did she come to get them back? Because Dr. Lothario called her. Oh. But just before that, when they were going to um, sleep, you know, when he was reading them the bedtime story of the three little kittens. Yeah. I thought it was nice. Um, the line she, Agnes said when she, when he left, she said, he's nice but scary like Santa. And I just thought I agree with that. Is Santa scary? Oh, it's a bit weird he comes into your bedroom, isn't it? <laughs> scary. You were scared of Santa when you were little? Yeah. This thing where it's like, you might get cold if you if I don't think you're good enough. <laughs> Soft, judgmental Santa. Tell people you only got cold. <laughs> I just was worried about having to go back to school and say to people, oh, God, you know, like... I don't know, like make something and pretend Santa gave it to me because I had cold. I remember being like that, being like, oh, I hope, oh my gosh, I hope I don't get cold and being a bit like, what would I, what could I lie and say I got? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, if I did get cold. <laughs> God, you two are so weird. <laughs> to be fair though, Carla, these are, you know, especially Emma, the sort of person who in our stockings got, you know, to housing, she's like, Holly I think I've got a Game Boy and I was like oh. and then I felt very anxious because I couldn't feel a Game Boy in my stocking anyway it turned out to be a pair of socks she thought a Game Boy was a pair of socks because <laughs> jing- it you know like it was like had a button on it and it like made a noise <laughs> And honestly, normally, obviously, we'd always get like the exact same presents. And I was so on edge being like, why did Santa give Emma a Game Boy? And I don't have anything which resembles a Game Boy. Like, I was so worried. And literally, like, when she was opening the present, you know, she was like, oh, look at this. Like, all happy. And I was like, oh. And then, you know, when it was like a pair of socks, I was like, Oh, phew. And then Emma was a bit like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Oh. <laughs> so it gets to the day of the moon still, and he successfully steals it, but wants to get back quickly for the dance recital. And you think he's going to get there in time, but he doesn't. He just misses it. And he sees a note that Vector's left to say that he's got the kids. After a lengthy scene, the upshot is that Vector has the girls and the moon in the escape pod and Gru and Russell Brand are chasing. It's good he noticed that sign, actually, because it was on the back and neither of them are terribly observant, even though they're meant to be these, like, criminals, these mastermind criminals. Just scribbled on the back of the nut on the seat, wasn't it? So the shrinking effect of the moon starts to wear off and it's getting bigger and bigger in the pod. Gru manages to get to the kids. He sees them and he says that giving them up was the worst mistake he's made. And he saves them all. There's a lengthy bit with the older girl, but uh, whatever. They're all saved in the end. (laughs) The moon goes back to its full size, returns to the sky, and Vector is stuck out on it. Yeah. We see Gru reading them a story that he's written. That was nice. I liked that bit. That was really sweet. Then it ends with the dance recital. And they drag Gru up to dance. And Gru's mum pays him a compliment. Oh, yeah, sorry. Gru's mum pays him a compliment, yeah. And then and then they, they drag him up to have a dance, which is like the theme parks, isn't it? Exactly like the theme park. <laughs> Did you relive your moment of being dragged by a minion? 
Yeah, and think if we'd finished watching that film and Gru hadn't danced, what would we all think? We'd think he was miserable and it would put a dampener on him. No, I'd think good on him. <laughs> I'd applaud him for it. I would have loved him to have stuck to his gun and said, no, I'm sorry, I'm not comfortable doing that. <laughs> yeah, I'm an adult and I shouldn't have to be put into awkward situations. Yeah, I think it would have been marvellous that's the way it ended. Wrong message, I say. Holly, so before we came on, you alluded that you didn't particularly enjoy it. It's fine. I, it's just, I'm shocked it's had like three other movies off the back of it. Yeah. It didn't end being like, this is the greatest movie. It's so funny. I could definitely have some, you know, more sequels from it. I, you know, it was all right. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it didn't get going until the second half. I found the first bit dragged. I just thought, oh, no. Agreed. Um, and then and then it did get done. And I did enjoy it overall. I did. But I am, like you, amazed that it's as big as it is. And like, you know, children's dressing gowns, children's slippers, hand soap. Quite niche, but yeah. <laughs> I know that because my nephew got it for his birthday. Oh, okay. Did he? Minion's hand soap. Oh, what a funny present to give. <laughs> did he think it was a Game Boy? He did, and was very disappointed. <laughs> right, we've had a lot of shout-outs for this, so I hope you're ready. I hope you're sitting comfortably. On Twitter, we've got Genuine Chit Chat says, Despicable Me is a delightful film with good messages for kids, humour for all ages, and a really fun and wholesome plot. I like Despicable Me 1 and 2. Although Despicable Me 3 is good. It's not quite as exciting as the others, though. I think Despicable Me is among the best kids' movies of the decade. Wow. Oh. Frozen is the best children's film of the decade. I, I would dispute <laughs> genuine chit-chat. Also, Cars. That was last decade, wasn't it? There's been a newish one. Yes, there was. Thank you, Emma. Yeah. You can't count what straight to video cars free what was it straight to video <laughs> none of them would be okay okay everybody loves cars mm. 2011 cars 2 you think cars 2 was the best children's film of the decade no i just would say it's better than despicable, despicable me. me not better than frozen though fine no as long as we're on the same page for that that's fine <laughs> Although we don't know, Toy Story 4 could could overtake. Oh, no, it won't. <laughs> Carry on listening, listeners, because we might be doing Toy Story 4. We are doing it. I'm a school we trip holly to the cinema. What day are we going again? Whatever. What day is it out? It's June, what, isn't it? Yeah, whatever Friday it's out. We need to be need to be doing a live from the cinema as it's as it's showing. Carl was like, "Yes, we can stand outside and sort of chat about the people that are going in." I said, "There's no way on this earth I'm creeping outside a cinema, talking into the microphone, being like, oh, oh, there's a family, there's a family live.' Like, what? I was like, "No, you believe she wouldn't do that, Emma? I wanted to have a roving report of it. I thought it would be brilliant. She refused, point blank." 
And you know, Carla be the sort of person like before the film, go and stand up and be like, everybody, we just want to let you know, we, you've, you know, you've got a podcast in here tonight who will be reviewing the film. If you'd like to come and tell us your thoughts after, please let us know. I would I'll definitely just... do that for all the just died of embarrassment in the corner. You'd be like, my co-host is here, and I'd literally be like on the mucky floor with popcorn in my hair. Well, anyway, we'll be going to see. If you'd like to join us, Emma, you're more than welcome. We won't be recording that night. We're recording the next day. Separate, as usual. We can't possibly be in the same room. Sorry, back to the shout-outs. At Wulong Talks says, really enjoyed the first one, has some genuinely funny gags and a great premise. The Minions can do one, though. Not a fan. Not a fan of the Minions. At Rough Giraffe, who are the lovely people that did our new logo for us, thank you very much again, says, it is a good film. I'm not a fan of the style of animation and I hate the Minions. But the kids are adorable and the bad guy is funny. Mum wants me to add she loves the minions. Divided. I find the minions quite funny, actually. I don't have an issue with them. Although, well, we'll get to that in a second. John Dredge from Dredgeland says, I thought it was good fun, but its time has passed. Kind of agree. Yeah. My friend Zoe and co-host of my other podcast, Number One Rerun, says... Such a good first film, but the franchise has got out of control. I do love a minion, though. At Sandy Shark, he always contributes to the show, so hello to you, says, I've been waiting for you to do this one. I really like Despicable Me 1 and 2. Unpopular opinion, the second one is my favourite. I agree. So you agree with that? The Minions movie wasn't anything to write home about, but the third one was okay. And something tells me that Carla hates minions. You know, normally we're pretty accurate with our personality. He's got us bang to rights. But I don't have an opinion either way, which maybe is worse than hating them. I'm just completely indifferent. I'd say it's a lot worse. That is the <laughs> ultimate insult to anybody mm. or anything. You know, when you feel nothing to them, it's like... At least if you hate something, it's, it causes some emotion. But when you're just so like, ugh... So maybe maybe he's got it right again. Yeah, maybe he knows you more than you know yourself. Well, he, he always gets you right, Holly. He always <laughs> predicts what you're going to think. Is it usually something negative? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have our roles to play on the show, let's just say. Yeah, I've been typecast <laughs> into this role. <laughs> so then we've got your best mate, both of you, Lyle. <laughs> that says, love the film, but the ride is just meh, and it baffles me why there is always an hour-plus queue. What am I missing? Got it right as well, hasn't it? The queue time, it is, it is abnormally long for what I it wonder is. if you put something, like, really bad, like, would that do better? There is something about that building. I mean, it'd be quite a costly experiment to put a bad film in there just to see... <laughs> But they did put a bad film in there. Jimmy Neutron. Yeah. Maybe he's popular in America, like Dr. Zeus. So maybe it was like only the Brits that were like, who the hell is Jimmy I Neutron? I think if they just go, it's just kid-friendly, isn't it? In that, Always in that one. So it's just a safe ride mm. for you to arrive. You know, it's overwhelming. First time in Universal. So, oh, there's a safe ride. Let's go on that. So if you would like to get in touch... 
You can find us on Twitter at Theme Park Films or Instagram at Theme Park Films Podcast. Or Q, you can email us, themeparkfilms at hotmail.com. And we are also the proud creator of Britpod Scene, which is a collective of British podcasts. If you go to Twitter at Britpod Scene, all the retweets are the shows that we endorse. So thank you so much for coming on, Emma. Thank you for having me. We've wanted to get you on for ages. I know. And we just, we've never got round to it. But you need to come back now. I will. I think this is going to be a strong episode. I don't want to talk too okay. soon. But normally I get a vibe by the end of the episode. We could do um, Despicable Me too. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> Holly, have you got anything to add? No, nothing from me. Oh, you normally say, no, I don't think so. That's normally your catchphrase. don't want to be pigeonholed into the same thing. Sorry, I know you're already typecast as the villain. Yeah. (laughs) So thank you very much for listening. These are actually going to go out, I think, in order this time. So the next one we can say is going to be Toy Story 4, which is exciting, isn't it? Very exciting. We will see you in the next one. Bye. Bye. Theme Park Films podcast is part of Britpod Scene, a network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or follow BritpodScene on Twitter to find out more. Oh.